0: The FT.
1: People are living longer, they're also working longer. The employment rate in the UK of the over 65s has gone up from 5% in 1995 to 10% today. As the pension age is also increasing, it means that sustaining a career until 70 will become a pressing issue. How do you do that? I'm Emma Jacobs, and with me on the line to discuss the issue is Linda Grattan of London Business School, who is writing a book on the 100 year life and Chris Ball, Specialist Advisor on the Aging Workforce for the Shaw Trust. So, Linda, why do you think people need to work to 70, or 80, actually, you found?
2: Well, in our research that looks at what happens when everybody lives to 100, one of the things that we looked at is how do you make that long life financially viable? And so... I and my colleague, Professor Andrew Scott, did a whole range of analysis to look at when do you actually have to finish working. And actually, if you live to 100 and save about 14% of your salary, which lots of us don't, and want to retire on 50% of your salary or final salary, then you have to work until you're 80. So actually, it's simply a financial imperative.
1: And do you think that people know that or planning for it?
2: Well, governments are still telling people that they can retire at 65, so most people are believing that. But actually, if you do the maths, then it's quite obvious that you can't. So certainly when we talk to our MBA students, they realise that they're going to live long, and some of them are planning for it, but of course many people aren't. So, Chris,
1: young people entering the workforce now are likely to have to work until they're 70. Do you think they know that?
0: I guess the answer has to be no, because younger people, indeed, uh, not just younger people, people of all ages, don't think that much about pensions. Uh, A lot of people have no idea what size of pension they're going to get, nor do they understand the way the pensions work, nor do they understand the way the state pension scheme works, nor do they understand that there's flexibility, at the moment anyway, in the age at which you can take your state pension and that if you delay taking it, then your state pension goes up a bit. And uh, they probably don't understand how much they're going to need by way of savings in order to have an income that is anything like approaching the income that they're enjoying whilst they're in working life. So all of these things come as quite a bit of a surprise.
1: How do you think you sustain a career over that kind of time span?
0: Well... You know, I don't think there's any kind of crude generalizations that hold good necessarily for everyone. I am 70, and my experience has been that I have had several changes of career throughout my working life, and only a few months ago I started a new job working for the Shore Trust as their specialist advisor on the ageing workforce. So I would say important to keep your options open, to have alternative career pathways that you can follow, to have, if you like, a plan B that you can fall back on, but actually to see it more in terms of exploring new opportunities, doing new things, and just basically, you know, we only get one crack at the planet, getting as much out of it as you can and putting something back at the same time.
1: So, Linda, how should young people plan for the kind of long working life that Chris has enjoyed?
2: Well, I would say they need to plan both in terms of their tangible assets and their intangible assets, because, you know, it's easy to think about long lives just from a financial perspective, what we would call their tangible assets, you know, your money, your house, your pension and so on. And you certainly have to plan for that. And that means either you reduce your consumption or you increase your savings. But actually, in fact, the intangible assets turn out to be just as important. For example, are you investing in skills that help you to remain productive? Are you really keeping what I would call your vitality assets going? You know, are you keeping healthy? Do you have a healthy life? And indeed, because long working lives are very different from shorter working lives, there's also an intangible asset that's around how much and how often you're able to transform yourself as you move from one type of work to another.
1: And do you think people really can plan for a longer working life when they're not even planning for their pension savings?
2: Well, there is a whole sort of psychological argument that we humans find it absolutely impossible to resist short-term gains for long-term. So, you know, I know this, I've just been out for lunch and I didn't manage to resist the pudding, (laughs) even though I know I should have done. And that's really how we are about lots of things. So it is actually really difficult for all of us to save, and I would include myself there. But actually, if you don't, then what you're doing, if you think about your... 80 year old self standing next to you what would your 80 year old self say to you and one of the things that they're going to definitely say is please save
1: and what would your 80 year old self say to you Linda
2: well my 80 year old self would say I'm so pleased you wrote a book about the 100 year life and then actually did all the things you're supposed to do
1: (laughs) and what are you advising your children
2: Well, I mean, first thing, and I'm doing it with my MBA students, because we actually teach MBA students this stuff now at London Business School. First thing I say, face up to the reality. I think it's so easy for all of us to keep our heads very firmly in the sand. Secondly, learn to save and think really hard about your consumption habits, particularly in terms of, you know, consuming stuff that's very difficult for you to stop doing. And thirdly, think about your intangible assets. And if you're going to have to work a long time, and we think people will, you've got to really think about what sort of jobs are going to be valuable in the future. And actually, that's difficult to predict because the velocity of technological change is so fast. But basically, the rule of thumb is that if you divide tasks into routine and non-routine work, then the routine stuff will be machine learning or robotics will take that work over you know so anything that is easily programmed will be programmed so what's left is non-routine work which could be you know cognitively very complex like collaborating across different stakeholders, like understanding information really deeply, like managing people, particularly if they're working virtually, that's difficult. That will always be valuable, we think. So really, although you can't predict areas of value, I think it's for all of us to have some sort of foresight.
1: Thanks to Chris and Linda, and thanks for listening.
0: For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.